that last month? Point. Uh, have you thought this? <laughs> have, have you encountered this one day mystery? Where you have gone out and discovered that someone has taken up two car park spaces with one car and they thought it was okay. <laughs> and they just left it like that. It's a mystery. How did that... Okay. Um, I can pretend to be super outraged with a lot of this, but anyway. Okay, uh, slightly younger generation. Have you encountered this mystery? You were told off by a parent for something they do as well. Why does that happen? That's why I moved to Melbourne to get away from my parents. No, that's not right. Um, uh, for parents of babies, okay? Or those who uh, operate the washing machine at home. Where's the other sock? <laughs> the last week of mainly music. Five times in one morning of mainly music. She's not even three months yet in the sock. You can imagine. Okay. Uh, have you wondered this mystery? Have you wondered the mystery that I shared with you last week? Have you wondered this exact mystery? Could Jesus heat up a burrito so hot that he himself could not eat it? Have you been thinking about that from last week? Jesus doesn't eat burritos. Your child doesn't hear you when you say no. But when you're trying to creep out of their bedroom at night, and although they're asleep, they wake up instantly and they hear you creeping out. Okay, that's a mystery. Um, have you tried to put recently, tried to put something back in its box, packet, container that it came from? And it doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> have you been there recently? Maybe Christmas presents? Um, number nine, uh, have you thought this one? What on earth am I supposed to buy for a present? For that relative, I only see once a year at Christmas. What on earth? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you try to be thoughtful, and, and, and you get to the point where you just have to ask Taylor some more. Last one. Somehow, just somehow, you keep running out of money in that bank account. It just keeps hitting that zero until it doesn't get to the How does it happen? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, uh, so uh, put your hand up if you were even keeping score. Did you have anyone? Did anyone keep? I, I got halfway through and I thought, ah, people. Okay, so for those who were keeping score, can you stand up for me for a moment? Okay, I don't have eggs at the back. Don't worry. Okay, so uh, sit down if you got less than two points. Okay, sit down if you got less than three points. Sit down if you got less than four. Less than five. Less than six. These guys are like modern day Doctor Who's like, what's going on? Less than, what was I, six? Did I get six? So less than seven. 
Okay, let's say shirt or. Did you have seven? No. What did you have, Joey? Six shirt? Eight for a week. There's a mystery. So, why did you stay there? Okay. Uh, now, while some of these things might seem like a mystery, like for instance, when you buy a car, I've experienced it, and then all of a sudden you see your model of car everywhere, whereas you haven't seen it before. There's an explanation for these mysteries, okay? They're not really mysteries. We can come to a place of understanding. Like the case of Jono's missing lady, favourite lady shorts, okay? They were in the, the pool bag, okay? There's an explanation for these mysteries. I was watching a, a debate this week uh, between an atheist and a Christian, and I took sincere joy in each of them went, you know what? There's an, uh, both of them were willing to go, you know, I can't prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is true. They were both willing to admit, you know what? There's, there's an element of mystery here. There's an element of what we don't know yet. I suppose one was arguing, uh, but we will one day know. And the other one was arguing, well, that is God. There's some things that we will never know that He knows. Uh, and so both were willing to admit and leave space for the mystery in this world. For us this Christmas, we are understanding some of the Christmas narrative. And through the Christmas story, there is space for some mystery here. We've been looking at some Christmas messages. Last week we looked at love, message of love and Christmas. But also there's a bit of mystery in that, that there's obedience to love. And this week we are looking at another message and another mystery. And the message this week is hope. It's a popular Christmas message. We are talking about hope. Now, I adore the theme of hope. Um, and I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to pause right there. Because uh, I've, I've skipped ahead a little bit. And we're going to watch a little video. Uh, just so then we get to the, the part that's important, we understand the Christmas story that we're actually getting this message of hope from. And it might surprise you. So as we're looking at hope, perhaps the mystery for you is, what's the hope there? How, how do we go from the, the part of the story with the Magi to hope? Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I, uh, I adore the theme of hope. I really do. I find it really special. I love knowing that uh, by knowing the God who created all, that the impossible is possible. That then, so therefore, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in, we can have hope. Because while it might be impossible to us, if we know the God who does the impossible, hope is always there. That no matter how bad I am, no matter how egregious the mistakes that I may make in my life, there is hope for me in Christ. I know the theme of hope so much and the message of hope so much that we named our, our daughter Matilda Louise Hope. One thing I do know about Christmas is 
it's a celebration for everyone. But especially uh, at Christmas, that celebration can be a bit tainted for some because there's sadness and there's hurt and there's, there's the sorts of what was but isn't anymore. And I think that's why the theme of hope is so important at Christmas because while some things can be taken away, hope cannot if it lies in the right place. Have you ever spent much time thinking about hope? Where it comes from, what it provides, what its purpose is. What do you put your hope in? Sometimes we put our hope in people. There's some people in our world who put their hope in karma. Some people uh, in Melbourne, we, well, in Melbourne we, we all don't put our hope in the weather. By no means. Certainly not this summer. No means we put our hope in it. I, uh, I think I can speak on behalf of my wife who is a Melbourne supporter. Every football supporter holds on to hope that one day they'll be good. Except Melbourne supporters. <laughs> I checked with Sarah to see if she was okay with me saying that. Um, we put our hope in so many different places. These sorts of things, when it comes to hope, is kind of more like wish. We'd like for this to happen, but really, realistically, like if, if we actually talked about expectations, I don't actually expect it to really happen. I, I hope it'll happen, I wish it'll happen, but the chances are pretty slim. When it comes to this worldly type of hope, we have hope for something, but we don't expect it to happen. This hope is perhaps optimistic, but not realistic. Christian hope, I would say, is different. Christian hope, I think, stands for having only positive expectations. It's a realistic thing. Because Christian hope, it's, it's not wishy-washy. It's not cross our fingers kind of hope that our, that our society has. And then the wonder is, well, how? How is the Christian hope different to the hope that the world talks about? How is this hope any different, especially at Christmas? Because I say the real mystery in Christmas, the real mystery in Christian hope is that it's rooted in truth. That is the power and strength of Christian hope. It's birthed out of truth. So let's consider our example for this morning. The Magi, the wise men, whatever you'd like to call them. Now just as an FYI, in case you didn't realise it, and it's right in our culture, and we saw it in our video, the Bible doesn't say there were three wise men. The Bible says that they gave three gifts. And the wise men had travelled afar. But it never actually says, and you can check it up afterwards, fact check it on me, it doesn't actually say that there were three wise men. Now what we do know about these wise men is they travelled from the east. And if, if you do your research, the likely conclusion is that they either came from Persia, Babylon, or perhaps north uh, in, in Arabia. Now, we, we know through time, through exiles and through uh, different movements of people that um, 
that the Israelites had been spread at different stages, and especially in Persia and Babylon, they were there for a long time, the Jewish people. They had their scriptures. They had their understanding of the Torah and the promises that had been given. And so naturally, as they brought that with them, the people in those cultures learned and understood about that as well. So these Magi, we, we know that if they came from Arabia, if they, if they came from Persia, either way they travelled at least a minimum of 1,000 kilometres. Okay? Now, for us today, 1,000 kilometres, like, let's just, let's just say, getting across to Adda in the car, oh, well, no worries, like we can do it. But you think about it back then, 1,000 kilometres by camel in a long caravan. Okay? Not our, not our great nomad caravans, okay? No, no, no sense of luxury with that. A long way. Now, of course, you know, that, that was one thing, but of course the terrain is another thing once again. Not in the safety of a car, not in the safety of these roads, but the desolate uh, barrenness and harshness of the desert. So these magi that we don't have a number for in the scriptures, they would likely have come with lots of people, bringing their servants, their slaves, potentially even their family. Now think about it, they've travelled all this way through the rugged terrain and all the harshness that that provides. On what? On what? Mary and Joseph, we sometimes consider the journey that they had to take to Bethlehem with pregnant Mary as a difficult task on the back of a donkey. But at least they had angels who came to them in the flesh and said, this is what's going to happen. And so they had this solid thing to, to, to act on and, and to follow. But the Magi, it doesn't tell us angels turned up to them. All the Magi, all the Magi had were scriptures from the Old Testament. And also the, the innate belief that the Jews that they had met, that the Messiah would come. We've got scriptures like Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And this one. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, and not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Even in the promise that Abraham was given way back in Genesis, Jesus fulfills that promise. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse you. And all peoples, Abraham, on earth, will be blessed through you. And we see that in Jesus Christ. In what he did, all peoples will be blessed. There are some things that we would be willing to do on a hunch. Okay? There's some things we would be willing to do on a hunch. And there's some things that we wouldn't be willing to do unless we had some solid assurances. Okay? Uh, for instance, I would be willing on a hunch to go to that juice shop on my birthday because I suspect if I can prove it's my birthday, they will give me free juice. 
I've been willing to do that on a hunch. I can't do that on a hunch. Um, I would be willing on a hunch to put honey on one side of a piece of bread and peanut butter on the other, put it together and eat it. If I had a hunch that would be delicious, I would give that a go. Okay? Would be willing to do uh, act on our hunches when the risk isn't that great. When we feel like the reward's going to outweigh that risk. Maybe, oh, no, what am I going to do? I can just do that and I'll eat the rest of the sandwich. There's some things we wouldn't be willing to do on a hunch. I would bet you wouldn't fly halfway around the world to England just because you had a hunch at this particular cafe, at this particular day, at this particular time, that you'd bump into Meghan Markle. I'm, I'm guessing you're not going to travel all around the world just on a hunch for that. Okay? She's in one of my favourite TV shows. I'm not walking down the street just to find her. Okay, but that's fine. Um, I, uh, I, I had an experience when I was in primary school walking up to school. And uh, this is kooky. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I, to walk up to school, there was a roundabout. Um, and one particular day, actually I was walking home, walking down the hill, get to this roundabout. For some reason, I took just complete notice of this black BMW. Bit dirty, black BMW. And they turned in front of me. Second day, came down, I don't know whether it was the same time or whatever, and as I get to that spot to cross, I see the black BMW coming. And I'm thinking, oh, that's funny, because I saw that car yesterday. It didn't have its indicator on, to, on that, the second day, though. And I just thought, I'm not going to cross the road. Just in case. And it turned, out, it turned across in front of me. If I'd stepped out, there would have been an accident and who knows. Now, you might think, oh, well, you're just acting on a hunch. But I wasn't actually acting on a hunch because I had something far greater than a hunch there. I actually had this, this, this event, the knowledge of the very day before, this is what that car did. And so all of a sudden, I wasn't just going, you know, I'm just going strange. I was actually working on the truth from the day before and decided not to, to step out. These magi, they had a massive journey. Dragging countless, of pe countless people across with them. They didn't do it on a hunch. They knew that from the exposure that they had from the Jews of the Old Testament scriptures, from the lives and the, uh, the, what they could say, that this is a surety, that they had found the truth. And therefore, it was worth going all this way. Not to maybe, maybe on a hunch. There's a chance, I hope, that this might be the King of Kings, but they travelled all the way on the sureness of truth that they would meet the King of Kings, born as a babe in Bethlehem. Their hope was an assuredness founded in truth. That is where the Christian hope comes from, from truth. And it is so important. Not only did Jesus' birth 
prove the Old Testament uh, scriptures right in so many different ways. But admit that just as that was truth, the prophecies about the life that he would live, the ministry that he would lead, and what he would go on to do would also therefore be true. Genesis 3.15, God is speaking to Satan. He says, he, that is Jesus, will crush your head, Satan, and you will strike his heel. Psalm 78, 1-2, my people, hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, um, things from of old. Zechariah 9, 9, see, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fall of a donkey. And we know, we see that so many hundreds of years later, fulfilled through Jesus coming to Calvary, into Jerusalem at the start of the celebrations, on the back of a donkey. On this mountain, it says, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove, he will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. The Christian hope can truly be about having only positive expectations. Because it's not a wish. It's not optimistic. It is realistic. It is founded on truth. There can be life after death. There is purpose to our existence. God is working to bring everyone, if they would choose, back into relationship with him. Where does your hope come from? Is your hope optimistic or is it realistic? Do you believe in God perhaps? When you sort of go, yeah, I'm happy to believe in God, but this, this notion of, of hope is just, it's, just it's, it's not my interest. And I want, I want to encourage you, put these words to the test. Put God's words to the test. See what he said would happen. See if it did happen. We've got some resources up the back, which, uh, which I find fantastic, about people who have tried to prove God wrong, people who have been staunch against this truth that is Christianity, that they claim to have it right and, and, and everyone else is wrong, and they try to prove him wrong, and they find themselves despite being adamantly against finishing up. Adamantly for because they found truth as well. So, so, so if you don't have to take what I say and what I believe just as, as something to be swallowed, but you can find it out for yourself if you like. For those who do believe in Jesus Christ as your Messiah, as the prophesied one through the Old Testament, the one that we have saved ever since he has come then you have something that can never be taken from you. It's like if you stood in 
some fresh cement out of Jelly Grand Point out there. And, the rug, and, and as it, once it's set, you're standing firmly. You can't be moved. No matter what the weather brings in, no matter how hard it blows, no matter what the weather's like, no matter if someone comes and, and insults you and, and curses you, no matter what, you are standing still. You can't be moved. Your hope is truth. Now, of course, we are the only ones who are perhaps able in that circumstance to take our feet out of those shoes and leave those shoes where they were and walk away. We're perhaps the only one who can leave our hope behind. But we can always come back to those shoes that are in those cement and find that hope that we had. Because God doesn't change. He's not going anywhere. Truth stays the same. Can you imagine the feeling of the Magi as they arrived in Bethlehem and found Jesus with his parents? I was challenged to think, perhaps they didn't have a feeling of relief. That if they really had the Christian hope, a confidence in what this was, that they didn't turn up go. Oh gosh, we got the right address. Oh, the right town. Oh, we went wrong. But I think they might have just responded with absolute contentment. That they got there and everything else faded away because they could set their eyes on the King of Kings. Jesus, born in a manger. So I encourage you this Christmas. Have your hope in Christ. The truth that is in our God, in all that he is. <coughs> and just as Isaiah 40, 40 verse 31 says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Be strong in the truth that is the Christian hope this Christmas. Let me pray. God, I thank you so much that you didn't just do, but Lord, you prepared the way. Lord, that you set forth so many markers in history to show us, to tell us, to prepare us for Jesus. Lord, that we would sit in such a privileged position after the cross, that we can see it and we can be assured 100% Lord, not optimistic, not with any doubts, but God, realistic, that we can have only positive expectations, for you are our God, and you have come for us. Lord, what a thing you've done for us. And God, may we walk in hope this Christmas. God, as some may struggle to find hope, to know hope, Lord, to keep their heads above all. God, may we be able to share our hope that is unmoving, Lord, with others, so that they may find the truth that is in you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Next week, next week we are.